Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome back. I'm Carl Mack. And we're going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. This is Combat Chronicles. I went on last week, um, at least not on a normal uh, free podcast. There have been stuff over on the Patreon, over www.patreon.com slash Combat Chronicles, and there will be more, um, and some particularly cool stuff which I've got in the pipeline, uh, one of which is partially recorded, just needs finishing up, uh, and one of which is yet to be recorded. That just be That's just for this month for May and um, obviously there'll be more cool shit coming out next month but if you want to jump on now in May still some cool exclusive stuff as I say there was some uh, cool exclusive stuff last week as well uh, for this episode I'm uh, going to look a little bit of one championship and a little bit of one pride um, you want to know what one pride is um, easy joke to be made there but way too low brow for someone like myself this is not the Joe Rogan experience um, but yeah one pride We'll get to that in a bit. Something particularly interesting happened there, at least to a complete nerd like myself. But uh, one championship as well. We're going to look at one of the fights uh, in in some detail uh, and skim over a couple of the others that I think are worth watching. But uh, the main takeaway is that, well, this. What? He quit on a stool. He quit on a stool, Michael. made it no secret I'm not a big fan of uh, The Voice or Dragon definitely not The Voice I mean I've put up with the guy for years but that was a great call there at the end of uh, Joseph Lasiri beating Prajantai for the one strawweight championship now get into a little bit of one little bit about the international Muay Thai scene in general but um, strawweight championship essentially is 115 but they don't have you know there's no weight cut in so they they come in at one, two, five, and come on, it's, it's horseshit. Um, Joseph Lusiri, fair fucks to him. Beat Prajantai, uh, who's currently PK Senchai Muay Thai gym, so he's trained at Senchai's gym. Um, and wow, Lusiri, amazing pressure fighting performance. Lusiri's always been a bit of, I've never been big on Lusiri, to be honest with you. Um, Italian guy, a bit of a warmonger, forward, come forward pressure fighter, um, quite wild. Uh, Again, the fights I've seen of him generally, he was losing. 
he got lit up by uh, an ancient uh, Same and got his ass kicked. And uh, although he um, fought back well into the fight with Haggerty, he generally got uh, badly dropped and, and busted up. But, you know, he's tough and he's resilient. And uh, in this fight, he's actually put it all together. I know he's recently had fights in Thailand, been training out in Thailand, which is always the best way. Uh, to further yourself if you're an international fighter um, not easy for everyone to do so obviously he's making a little bit more coin now with one championship and able to get out there and and uh, train a bit more and you could tell with his clinch game that he's a lot more prepared um, a lot more skilled his pressuring was a lot smarter and uh, he, he did essentially just drown uh, Prajan Chai for those who don't know who Prajan Chai is you know, independently seen as one of the best Five to ten pound for pound Muay Thai fighters in the world, which puts him, in my opinion, up there pound for pound with pretty much any fighters in the world. Um, but this does raise a question about the wider international scene rather than this win itself, which look really, really impressive. Um, the series, the improvement, the performance, and you know, busting up Prajan Chai, really, really busting him up and forcing him to quit on his stall between rounds three and four. Prajan Chai had a, a moment in round three where he come forward and really did try to get rid of Lasiri. And Lasiri just put him back in his box, essentially. Uh, elbows, knees in the clinch, uh, great left hand, diverse left hand, upstairs, downstairs. Uh, good kick defence and generally just took away uh, some of Prajan Chai's weapons by constantly forcing him onto the back foot. But uh, Prajan Chai himself, um, he, you know, his prime stretches all the way back to when I was really a big fan of uh, of Muay Thai and keeping up with the stadium uh, stadium events week to week and going out there and watching fights and uh, some of you probably first become aware of me due to my work on Bloody Elbow maybe you know that might have been where you first sort of uh, come to know me before uh, Luca Bordon was expertly covering these events I was amateur uh, amateurishly is that the right word yeah amateurishly covering these events um, I, just, I just loved the uh, BKK scene at the time and uh in those days, you know, all the way back to sort of uh, 2014, 2015, uh, Prajitai was a mainstay of the stadiums and a quality fighter, and he's been a champion before that. The tiny weights and worked his way up, and uh, he had wins over likes of uh, one Chilong at the tiny weights, and he'd fought everyone, you know, Sangmini, Pampayak, uh, just so many fighters, uh, so many quality, quality, quality fighters. Uh, and his recent run, he's, he's fought Ron Choi, obviously, and in his recent run, uh, it's been really, really good uh, beating uh, Pechtaman and Compech, Ronachai, and then Same for the uh, one championship title. He's only had the one fight in one, which is for the uh, one title. And actually, uh, somewhat alarming, in my opinion. And it's interesting. This is just my theory, just my opinions. But I think uh, Prajan Chai's performances in one kind of tie into the my theories about the greater international Muay Thai scene and, and how it pertains to Thais themselves. Um, generally, you know, for those that aren't aware, and hopefully uh, anyone listening to this podcast is somewhat aware, because you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you will be introduced to some pretty uh, well-read opinions that I share uh, from others and some that I express myself. But you know, ties fight from really young, and they're forced to make weight from you know generally uh, quite a young age, and then constantly have to make weight for years, and. I find generally, and there are examples this stretching all the way back to you know international fights. If you look at you know uh, Japanese uh, fights from the sort of seventies and eighties, generally the ties are smaller. 
even got examples of, you know, should we say, not the, not chubby's not the right word, but comfortable middleweight ties fighting a heavyweight uh, in K1 in the 90s. Uh, and and beyond that, um, you know, and even now on the international scene, ties generally give away weight. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one is that the skill disparity is generally just so wide. The ties feel that they can do that. Um, international fighters, oftentimes built like Lasiri, uh, big strong guys that try their best, but are just woefully outmatched. Um, and most of the times, ties get away with it. Uh, most of the times they get away with it with ease and don't really get into much of a, a fight and you know worst comes to worst they can always fall back on clinching and just completely dominate guys there's also another kind of couple of factors here is that they just don't want to cut weight anymore they're just, they're just not into it they can't be fucked they've been doing it their whole lives they're going to make slightly better money or as good money on the international scene I imagine um, that's a whole other ball game you know, a whole other discussion whole other uh just completely huge chat to have about, you know, the exploitation of fighters in Thailand and how that works with gambling and all this. Let's not get into that right now. That's another chat for another day. But, um, yeah, you know, to make a decent money, to fight in the national scene, probably go somewhere, have a fight, do a couple of seminars, not have to kill themselves to make weight and fight someone who's not particularly scary, at least to someone of their talents. Um... And I think if you watch one championship, when you see Thai versus Thai, look about the same size. And when you see Thai versus international, um, they look uh, smaller. And I say not in bad shape at all. Thai's hard, they train hard and they're always in good nick. But, you know, they don't look exactly ripped. Prajit Thai certainly doesn't. Um, it certainly didn't in this fight with Lasiri. Um, but the international fighters, this is the biggest thing ever for them. They are kill themselves to make weight to win the one championship it's a big deal for the Siri I'm sure and he looked absolutely massive in there against Prajan Choi I don't believe the weight cutting thing in one it's, it's bullshit it's shady it's behind the scenes and we're not really seeing any evidence that this uh, that these guys are even being tested it's all just like a lot of their uh, rhetoric complete bluster in my opinion and the Siri looked like a like a Farang which is you know Thai term for a foreigner Looked like a Frank fighter who'd been cutting a lot of weight, and uh, Prajin Chai looked like a smaller Thai who was just happy just walking around his natural weight. That's exactly what it looked like to me. Um, and Prajin Chai, in terms of his style, always been a good clinch fighter, always been a good counter kicker, always had pretty decent hands, in my opinion. But in recent years, has been focusing on his hands. He's had professional boxing bouts. He's been training with a Thai amateur team. Um, he has he's just using his hands a lot more. Uh, makes for more fun international contests. Um, but I do wonder whether he's been, you know, refining his technique as much as he would usually. So, yeah, I think you know, not taking anything away from Lucia, I'm really not. But I think it's it's a great win. I'll tell you why. Let's just let's just stay on this topic. As I said before, even with the disparity in in weight that uh, the ties often face on the international scene, there's such a disparity in skill that it doesn't usually matter. So that's why this win is still really important for Lucia. He did everything right, and he forced a quality fighter to just jack it in, um, badly cut, unable to come up with any solutions, because Lasiri is not just size, he's skill, and he showed that in this fight, he brought a lot to the game, he's clearly improved from his earlier fights, so I'm not going to take anything away from him, just trying to sort of contextualise this loss uh, for Prajin Chai, 
um, and as we contextualize any fight there's, there's so many factors that go into a bout it's not just fighter a is better the series was definitely better on the night but there are other factors that need to be taken into account uh, but Prajinchai himself if you look at the one fight with Sam A against an ancient Sam A I have to say it again um, who seemed to get a new lease of life in one go figure um, he looked to just opt out later on in the fight he, he started well early I'm just not sure if he I think he really did think that one championship was a proper you know uh, Thai veterans international tour and I don't think he so this is just my theory. I said this when I started this segment. This is my theory. I think that uh, Prajnantai didn't really uh, expect to have to exert himself all that much. And um, I think it was a tough fight for him this past Friday. And, and Lassiri really did make it feel too too much for him in there. And I think that's a really important factor. Lassiri had to do it. Not everyone would have been able to do it. He used his size. He pressured him. And he used his skill. And indeed, um, that's the craziest kind of uh, international loss I can think of for a tie in quite some time. Probably the the next one which springs to mind would be... God, who is it? Oh, it's probably the guy I mentioned earlier, Pampayak, when he lost to uh, Henrique Muller, who was the uh, Brazilian. Sparked him in the first round. Uh, and then got beat up by Senchai afterwards. So, uh, and Pampayak at the time was um, renowned as one of the best pound for pound fighters in, in Muay Thai. He's somewhat chinny, I think, Pampayak, but that's a, that's another chat for another day. But yeah, if you really want to see a cracking one, watch um, watch any combination of uh, Pampayak and Prajanchai. I think it's probably some Muay Thai's uploads from back. Muay Thai's as T I S probably uploads from back in the day. They always had some. Uh, had some good ones. Actually, I don't know how many times they did fight each other, those two. Definitely fought each other once. Um, yeah. How many times did they fight each other? I'm just going to have a quick look. Let me pause the podcast to find out. Hold on. I'm back. I can see two. Um, who knows? They might have fought 20 times as, as seven-year-olds, but um, I can see two. So, yeah. Uh, really, really impressive uh, win for the series. Really impressive fight to watch. I think I recommend everyone watches it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just always wild to see a highly renowned Thai upset on the international scene but this came given what we knew about them both um, even taking into account how you know, I didn't really think that um, Prajna Thai looked up for it against Sam A after the good early three rounds um, given what I knew about the Siri and seeing his other fights some of his other fights didn't think he would have done this so yeah amazing performance and uh, an amazing upset and, and one kind of show themselves up we're going oh god it's such an amazing upset because you know what you're saying you're put, putting together complete mismatches at a title level yeah good one um, obviously they didn't but um, yeah you know sell your guy Lassiri's fun he, he's a really fun fighter uh, other title fight uh, Petch Morikot versus uh, Jimmy Vino uh, I'm not going to get too much into it but that was a fight which um, I thought the tie got away with uh, Petch Morikot, another guy who uh, is clearly just uh, fighting out weight, which is just comfortable for him. Um, Talon Chai is doing the same in one as well. You know, these guys really, you know, they're, 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 they're guys that probably can't be fucked to make lightweight anymore or 140 and are now fighting at, you know, fighting at one, he's fighting, this fight is at, I guess what, 155? 154? I mean, Petch Morikot is always really long, but, yeah, again, a tie on a retirement tour, 100%. Uh, Ty definitely isn't on a, a retirement tour. Is, uh, is Rotang 
Uh, not much to say about the fight with uh, very tough Scouser and Jacob Smith. Or I think now fights with, um, he trains with Liam Harrison, who uh, I've used this opportunity to again recommend uh, Liam Harrison's fight with Mong Tai, uh, which was from a couple of months ago at one, which was, uh, yeah, legitimately the, uh, the fight of the year. Um, yeah, Rotang just, just carved Smith up, just absolutely carved him up. And, uh, yeah, if uh, Pradjan Tai looked bad... Poor Jacob Smith looked like he'd been fed through one of those meat grinders like in Pink Floyd's The Wall. Um, there was some grappling on there, which I'm not smart enough to dissect. Uh, but the uh, the Ruotolo kid and the, the Ruotolo brothers, um, they seem to know what they're doing. Uh, kind of got Gary Tonin down and tapped him very, very quickly. So always good to see the downfall of, of Gary. Um, from other... Uh, flyweight Grand Prix news. Unfortunately, uh, Jonathan Haggerty was forced out through non-COVID sickness, I think, or just sickness or just injury. Who knows with one? Uh, seen the makeup to go along, but he was out of it. Uh, so yeah, uh, Walter Goncalves fought uh, Josie Cruz and just absolutely fucking annihilated him really, really quick. So you might as well, uh, might as well watch it. Um, Superlek just way too good for. Uh, Takey Naito, who you guys may know, not just from one, but having full attention. More on that guy next week. Uh, yeah, just super like, you know, he's one of the most skilled fighters in the world. So, yeah, just watch it. Not a huge amount to say from a technical standpoint, but just watch the fight. Uh, one you've got to check out, Savas Michael versus Amin Azeri. Just a really, really fun fight. Another fight in the uh, in the flyweight Grand Prix. Don't like calling them, it's a tournament. Grand Prix, one night. It's one night. Undefeated Mohamed Butasa beats David Kiria as well. Really impressive uh, performance. Uh, I think David's seen better days, but very rare that you see young undefeated kickboxers. So, um, yeah, worth checking out. Uh, other stuff, you couldn't care less. Any MMA, couldn't really care less. Did we have any MMA? Did we? Wonder Girl thought as well, right? Couldn't give a fuck. Didn't bother watching it. So, yeah, one championship. As always, complete mixed bag. Um, the Muay Thai stuff and generally the kickboxing is worth watching. Uh, in this instance, just watch watch any of the Muay Thai bouts with fighters you've heard of. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and as I say, the kickboxing between Patassa and Kiria, well worth watching. But, yeah, the Muay Thai stuff was really good. Um, and... Definitely the main storyline for me is Joseph Lasiri beating Prajan Chai for the one Muay Thai strawweight championship. So I think the bouts are a bit of a mess and the weight, weight classes are a joke and uh, the pageantry and the talk of you know warrior spirit and all this kind of mumbo-jumbo bullshit is uh, and the commentary is, is horrific and the fact they booked a 12,000-seat stadium and didn't sell any tickets is just embarrassing and I don't know what the fuck one championship are doing but we get some good fights out of them. Uh, one other organisation which puts forward really good fights that have got one in their name is One Pride, uh, utterly bizarrely named uh, organisation trying to get a bit of one love and a bit of... Uh, Pride FC uh, love as well um, and no one really knows about them whatsoever so much so that a legend of the game was dethroned and I only just found out about it five months later more on that after this 
Combat Chronicles podcast is here to bring you previews, reviews and a look at the rich history of combat sports. The only way we can do it is with your support. So please head on over to www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles. But of course, monetary support is not the only way you can get involved. Head on over to your preferred podcast platform and give us a five star rating and review to make the podcast more visible to others. Thanks for listening and back to the show. So yeah, One Pride is a MMA organisation based out in Indonesia, a rapidly growing country, a country with a lot of fucking people. Um, so a lot of potential for talent, um, somewhat of an untapped talent in terms of MMA. Um, so there's some good uh, fighters from out there over the years in terms of all combat sports. Chris John and Dowd Jordan, for example, in boxing. Um, so yeah, there's definitely uh, it's an untapped market for MMA but One Pride are doing shows out there and putting on some really fucking good shows to be honest with you uh, with titles um, in a multitude of weight classes but more importantly titles and weight classes that we generally don't have titles for in terms of male weight classes most notably the 105 pound atom weight division now if you go on uh, topology or any of them sort of sites and try and find uh, some sort of aggregated rankings of male atom weight you probably won't find any. Most times it seems to be lumped in with straw weight. Uh, but the ones you do find, used to have young Adi Pamana. Uh, I don't think he is that young. I think uh, myself and uh, Ryan Wagner, analyst for the fight site and all-round uh, top troll and great guy. Um, really knows his shit, by the way. Um, I'm not going to tell you to follow him because, A, he doesn't deserve it and, B, he wouldn't like it. Um, he's scum. Um, but, yeah, Adi Pamana, I think might be about 45, but we thought it was about 18. Uh, at and weight champion for One Pride, uh, who I once convinced to write an article about Ali Pamana, and Ryan was somewhat impressed by him, but sort of uh, uh, touched on the fact that tiny men, men, uh, male MMA is still in its nascent stage. But uh, Pamana did some really cool stuff, good trips, uh, nice takedowns in a clinch, uh, relatively good striker, didn't really take his head off centre all that often, um, and it looked to us that um, we were just talked about him the other day and said that he hadn't fought for a little while. The last time he fought. Um, he won in, in quite impressive fashion, um, but he was clobbered uh, in a exchange and suffered a flash knockdown. We wondered whether he decided to get out while the uh, while the going was good. That was until this past weekend when the Twitter user Wrestle Jamie, Jamie, good lad, uh, Irish lad, highly recommended follow uh, at Wrestle Jamie, J A M I A. Good lad. One of my favourite mutuals. We chat a lot. Um, not my favourite guy this weekend, as he uh, told us, myself and Ryan. Sorry, guys, done a bit of digging, and it uh, looks like Adi Pamana was dethroned, destroyed, and dishevelled uh, about five months ago. And obviously, this news was hard to take. The man to beat him and the new tidy Asian king that we stand is Novan Kaunang. Uh, and the, the fight between them was really interesting. Pamana more of a straight puncher, uh, and Kaunang more of a hooker. Um, really nice right hook, by the way. Showed some really nice skills. Uh, far less la- nascent stage than Pamana, in my opinion. Uh, one thing I really liked about Kaunang was getting his head uh, on the outside uh, of Pamana's... Uh, well, they're both southpaws, so Pamana would shoot left straight, and Kaunang would get his head on the outside of that, and whipping a really nice right hook, uh, especially to the body. Uh, later on, he actually used it was it was a two three combo. Uh, stepped in right hook, floored Pamana, jumped on him, and absolutely destroyed him with elbows and hammer fists to win the one pride 
atom weight title. Well, you may be thinking, why am I telling you this? And the fact of the matter is that the news was somewhat double-edged because not only was uh, Novan Conan uh, beat Adi Pamana for the title, as I received this news, it transpired that, and this is not hyperbole, Novan Conan was fighting at that very moment. Um, so immediately hit up my man Caposa, who of course uh, responded and managed to jump on and first catch the last couple of rounds of Kaunang's uh, first title defence. Uh, Bob, I just want to scale back. The reason we don't didn't know about Pamana, we were talking about him the other day, uh, his topology had not been updated. So One Pride are very quick at um, uploading their events to YouTube. It's usually the same night or the next day. So I highly recommend you subscribe to One Pride MMA. They're not completely unknown. They've got nearly a million subscribers, you know, 700 odd thousand subscribers on YouTube. So they're well worth watching. They upload the fights in HD. It's a really good ones. So, um, essentially, it's a regional MMA promotion. But as I said, you know, there are no really... You did, We did have a couple of years ago, we had um, uh, Jared Brooks fighting at Strawweight and a couple of other notable fighters. And, uh, you know, that, that, that Strawweight male scene is somewhat more covered. But in terms of atom weight... Um, tiny men, uh, not even one championship do it. So, and there are you know lots of quality fighters around that weight in boxing and Muay Thai, uh, MMA not really there yet. Uh, generally, not a lot of fans like tiny guys. So, really, ostensibly, the one pride at weight male title is, in my opinion, you know somewhat of the lineal title or the best you're going to see. Um, and that's a, a USP for them. You know, it really is. You know, they've got a working functioning. And somewhat good uh, male outweight division. So, yeah, Novan Kaunang fought and defended that title. And that's why I think it's somewhat notable. Because it is, you know, it's all we got. It, it's the title. It's He's the main man at 105, beating the legendary Adi Pamana, who was known by about seven people. From what I can gather, Novan Kaunang has got a taekwondo background. And you see it step out in his fights. you got... Sort of jumping switch kicks, spinning back kicks, in particularly in the Adi Pamana fight. I think Pamana went for an oblique, and Kaunang uh, uh, sort of stepped back and spun into a spinning uh, back kick uh, counter, which I thought was really sweet. Um, I think he lands a spinning back kick to the body in this fight, this new one with Usu Roendi. Now, Roendi actually looks. It's funny, actually, when I saw him warm up before the fight, you obviously spend time with fighters and you watch a lot of fights, you just get a feeling for guys that just sort of know what they're doing. And I thought, yeah, this guy looks pretty handy. Shadow boxing looked tight, um, sort of uh, lunging around the cage. And I thought, this guy looks up for it. Um, better than some of Pamana's title challenges. Um, although, who doesn't love a bit of uh, lipping the pants? Uh, we all love him, don't we? I know you're a fan, listener. I know you're a big lip in the pants fan. Um, so, yeah, I actually thought uh, Roendi looked pretty good. Um, come out all guns blazing. And the fight actually ended up as a showcase for uh, Novan Kaunang's grappling, which was unexpected. Um, there were some nice moments on the feet. But generally, um, spent a lot of time uh, clinch takedowns, a lot of time with side control. Some, it's pretty nice. Knees while he was down there. Um Roendi didn't really seem to know what he was doing on the ground. Um, didn't seem terrible, um, but Kaunang looks like a 22-year-old that can still make 105, but is actually probably more of a 115-pounder. And uh, Roendi, and to the same extent, Pamana, look like legitimate 105-pound men. Um, but yeah, I thought generally it was a 
pretty good fight. Um, Roendi kind of flirted with rubber guard a couple of times, but didn't really seem to know what he was doing. Couldn't really deal with the strength. Uh, managed to, you know, knew how to defend the mount uh, when he was stuck there. So, yeah, pretty interesting fight if you want to dip your toes into the water of one pride and also see what, in my eyes, who is a legitimate champion. You know, we all loved uh, Adi Pamana, but turns out that Novan Kaunang was the king we didn't know we needed. Um, but this fight was more of a showcase for his grappling uh, and it wasn't, you know, that exciting and wasn't very scrambly. So, wouldn't necessarily recommend it uh, on on its own uh, in a vacuum. But if you watch Kaunang's fights with... Ali Pamana and now with Rowendi, uh, I think it's a pretty illuminating experience. And uh, yeah, Rowendi, you know, whenever it was back to his feet, I thought he performed pretty well. Managed to back counting up with his combos. He was a really sort of fast, powerful boxer. And yeah, there's a lot to like generally from One Pride. And as I say, if you want to, you know, since I've been writing about combat sports uh, in what 2010, 2011, did I start 2010? I've always been a champion for the lower weight classes. Uh, and you know it's not going to change uh, when it comes to MMA. Um, I think that although the situation, the landscape is still developing at 105, clearly, um, and there's a lot more to to like from 115 pounds and a lot more notable fighters. You know, if you want to delve into that, um, I think that um, these guys are still worth championing because they are pretty much the best of their weight, as far as we know. Uh, what I'd actually like to see is if Ali Pamana is going to come back, and I hope he does, is a, is a is a fight with Rowendi, and hopefully uh, One Pride can find someone else to uh, challenge uh, Kaunang in the meantime, or maybe find a 115-pounder who can make 105 come over and fight him. You know, Maybe they might really get someone over, I have no idea. I assume their budget is low, even though they're... Crowds are contrary to one championship and make themselves out to be uh, one of the leaders in global uh, martial arts uh, competition. Um, one Pride seem to have pretty well-stocked uh, audiences and, and pretty rowdy and really good to see. The events are good. They get uploaded in HD, as I say, pretty quickly. Um, if you can't find a, a stream or don't want to... I think maybe they, they are live on YouTube, but you have to pay a subscription maybe. Um, but yeah... If you catch the events, I recommend it. The, the fights are pretty good. Um, maybe some of the skill sets are a bit more nascent compared to what you're used to if you watch a UFC. But hey, I watched some of that UFC event from uh, last night as of recording to 22nd of May. And I ain't really going to talk about that. Let's say Pons versus uh, Michelle Pereira is somewhat interesting. But you know, if you have to watch a Holly Holm main event, trust me, you can watch any one Pride event and, and get more out of it. It's better. A legitimately better product than what the UFC put out last night. Um, ACA also had an event. Uh, Edward Vatanian won. Uh, we'll talk more about him later when he fights Yusuf Roisov in September, which is automatically one of my most uh, highly sought-after bouts across all combat sports. Can't wait for that one. We'll get to ACA, as I say, later. But um, uh, definitely check out uh, some of those fights, uh, especially Vartanian, who's one of the best lightweights in the world, in my opinion. And there was boxing last week, which I did talk about, which is Jamel Charlo uh, versus uh, Brian Castagno. And the reason I didn't talk about that is because I want to do a special Jamel Charlo podcast for the patron. Uh, not just about the Castagno fights, but just about his general uh, legacy, because I think it's a really interesting discussion uh, talking about Jamel Charlo's legacy. And you might think, legacy, what? Well, you know, he's, he's a really good uh, sort of unified champion, like middleweight, but who's he beaten? It's tied into the history of the division itself, and I think it's an interesting chat to have. I'll save that for the Patreon, hopefully get that out later this week. And next week, uh, regularly scheduled programming, we'll have a podcast next Sunday, 
but not a regular podcast at all. Indeed, it's the Match Super Podcast, which uh, still one more segment to record with a guest later tonight. Um, as I say, 22nd of May. Uh, I'll give you a little sneak peek. It's my main man, Bubba. He's coming on. Um, we've got uh, two guests already recorded. I anticipate the podcast will be in somewhere in the region of two to three hours long. Um, so, yeah, next week, normal free episode next Sunday, but not a normal episode by any means. It is the match super show. The super fight to end all super fights, possibly uh, the end of an era in kickboxing, which you'll uh, hear when you listen to next week's podcast. Tension versus Takaru. The biggest fight of the year, in my opinion, in all of combat sports. Can't fucking wait, and I really hope you enjoy that episode. So again, another plug for the Patreon if you want to get some more cool stuff and support the podcast. www.patreon.com slash Combat Chronicles. We'll be back next week. Hope you enjoyed this one. Hit me up on Twitter at CombatCHR. That's C0MBATCHR. Let me know what you think at One Pride if you check it out, and let me know what you think the fuck is going on at One Championship. Until next week... Have a good one. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.